Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today I'm talking with Bob Longenecker, and he is a missionary with CEF. Bob, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been in child evangelism now for 19 years. I didn't really think I would end up being a missionary. I actually studied in college for the ministry and thought I'd probably be in pastoral ministry sometime, but things weren't moving along that way, and a co-worker at work one day told me he was uh, leaving work. This was a, a job at a lumber yard. Uh, going to be an assistant pastor. And I said, oh, I envy you going back into full-time Christian work. I'd love to be. But I said, I wouldn't want to work with children. I'd rather work, or with the teenagers, I'd rather work with children. And he said, you need to get in touch with CEF. Uh, I had attended a few child evangelism things as a child, but never considered that work or being a missionary. And I said, my heart was open to anything. Lord, whatever you want me to do. So I said, Paul, Bring me in the number of the director. I called the next day, went for an interview, and before I knew what was happening, I was on the way to becoming a missionary to children. And tell us what CEF is as a as an organization. Well, Child Evangelism Fellowship was started in 1937 by a man who had a burden to reach children who weren't getting into churches. They weren't attending church, so they had no opportunity to hear the gospel and thus no opportunity to be saved. And the Lord burdened his heart to have a ministry that would be in neighborhoods, in in places other than inside of a church building. And so he started kind of on a trial basis, ministering to some children in his neighborhood. He saw the results And the Lord burdened him to start the Ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship centered around a good news club, an after-school Bible club in a home in a neighborhood. And that's how the ministry was started. And after these uh, 70-some years, as uh, the Lord is blessed and untold millions have heard the gospel around the world, and, and the Lord only knows how many have trusted him as Savior. My relationship with CEF has always been materials, flashcards, Bible stories. Are there a lot of CEF missionaries out in in the United States? In our area of eastern Pennsylvania, each county, and in my case it's a two-county area, a rural area, but each, each county basically has a missionary director who depends completely on the support of missions from uh, missions giving from churches and individuals and when you take that across the the country and around the world there there must be thousands of missionaries uh, missionary directors i couldn't give you the number of cef foreign missionaries from america but uh, including the missionary directors in america that must number in the thousands. How many other CEF missionaries are there with you in in this two-county area? It's just uh, myself and one other gentleman who's been working with me now for over three years. Can you tell us about the camps that you do during the summer? What age groups are they for? And what are you trying to accomplish during the week of camp? 
All of our ministries are geared to elementary age children, which is basically kindergarten through sixth grade. Our camp ministry, because of the nature of the activities, we start at second grade and go through sixth grade. Our goal, our primary goal, of course, is to share the gospel because we do have children who come who are unchurched. We encourage people to, children to bring visitors, especially ones that may never have heard the gospel. And uh, secondly, in addition to evangelizing the unsaved, we have uh, a lot of Christian kids come. And they go to Sunday school, and they may be in a in a Christian home. The concentration of five days, six hours a day, you know, 30 hours together in a week, and not just in a teaching setting, but uh, playing games uh, and activities, learning to, to get along, uh, learning to be unselfish, and uh, we see... Uh, a lot more results with children just from being with them every day for five days than just them seeing us one hour a week as they would during the school year. And then what are your programs during the school year? What is it you're doing in the schools? We have release time classes. The children are released from school for approximately one hour each week. We take them to an off-school location uh, usually a nearby church, in one case a YMCA camp. And we have, till we transport them there and get them back in that hour, we typically have anywhere from 35 to 40 minutes as average. Again, we teach a Bible lesson, a missionary story, a memory verse every week. And that goes on from April to October. And we had about 300 children this year released from public schools coming to our classes. So these are public school kids. Is this release time something that's specific to the state of Pennsylvania or available in all states? I don't know about all states, but I know it is in the Pennsylvania school code. And the school officials know that. And they, in our area, don't give us any problem with cooperation. Many of the administrators, I can tell, see benefit in our program. And uh, so they cooperate. A few of them, I can tell, tolerate us, but some are very friendly toward us and even encouraging at times. How would somebody find out if a CEF program is available in their school? Is there a website they can go to and find out that information? Well, they certainly can in our area. Uh, We have all the details of release time there. And I would say if any parent is wondering if such a program is available to their child in a public school, uh, they could probably just call the school and ask them. Fortunately, because of the good cooperation we have, most schools send home a flyer for us at the beginning of the year so that every parent can see it and say yes or no to it. You mentioned earlier that there's another missionary in the in the area that you work with. When you do the release times and you take the children to a church, uh, are you there alone, You're just you two, or do you have helpers in the church that help you with those programs? We usually have helpers who volunteer through CEF. Uh, although in a number of churches where we have release time, we do have the helpers come from 
those churches. And we, we have an application process and a screening process to guard against child abuse or accusations of such. And, um, just to be careful doctrinally and for the protection of the children. Why did you get interested in particularly working with children? You mentioned that uh, you were interested in being a pastor. Um, pastor. Pastoral types of headaches are bigger headaches. Is that why the children are appealing to you? No, it was just the Lord's will. I, I became an uncle when I was just six years of age, and I just grew up uh, with my nieces and nephews, uh, you know, being uh, a little bit of a hero to them. And I've always just loved working with kids. Uh, and I was considering pastoral ministry. And when, when this, things weren't coming together there, and when this opened up, is when I just kind of slapped myself alongside the head. And I thought, well, ever since I was 18 years of age, I worked with children in bus ministry, children's church, Christian school. Uh, when I went to college, I worked in bus ministry, children's church, and I had spent nearly 17 years of my young adult age working with children, and still it didn't click in my mind that this was a whole lifetime of preparation to spend the rest of my life as uh, an official missionary to children. As a missionary to children, you're supported by churches, just like any other missionary going to a foreign field. How long have you been involved with this? And you're not a spring chicken. So <laughs> how much longer will you be able to be involved? Well, as long as the Lord gives me health and strength, I plan to be involved in this ministry unless he moves me on. I uh, did get uh, started in my mid-30s. Uh, and... Again, it was uh, uh, just the, the Lord's leading. Uh, when I told my pastor, we, we moved to this area specifically for this ministry. We were in a, a good fundamental Baptist church, and I said to him that the Lord was leading us into this area. And he said, well, you're going to have to do some deputation, raise support, which I never even considered. I knew the Lord had, by that time, led us to these other two counties, and I was ready to move and get started. The local chapter here had about three, $4,000 on hand, and that was it. And we came with a family of three. I have three children, five, actually, three children and my wife and I. And he said, well, you just can't do that. You just can't go. You have to raise support. And I said, well, I, I guess I'll start when I get there. Uh, I was too dumb to know. Uh, that you just couldn't trust God and he'll do it. Uh, but uh, we got here and started October 1st in 1990. And at the end of the year, three months later, the treasurer said in a committee meeting, we really need to pray, gentlemen, because the balance is down to about zero. And for the last 19 years, the Lord just met our needs through churches, family members, individuals, the the support's just always been there. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? Well, I guess one of the, the most memorable things that happened in ministry that made such an obvious impact on a life was several years ago when a boy came to release time class the first year. I had a brand new teacher that year for the first and second graders. I was teaching third, fourth, and fifth graders. 
And this this boy came and a complete stranger to me sat down next to me on the bus and said, I should really be in third grade. And I didn't know what to say other than, well, yeah, well, I guess uh, if you were held back, that's probably a good reason so that you're able to do the work. And he was throwing a hint to a total stranger that I didn't understand. After the first class, I said to the new teacher, how'd it go? Well, not too bad, but there was this one boy that was really not listening and was a little bit of a problem. And this was the boy that hinted that he shouldn't be in the first and second grade class. He was older. He should really be in third grade, as he put it. Well, the next week we got back in the bus. He threw that hint again that he should really be in third grade. And I said, yeah, I I know, but uh, you're not. So that's the way it is. After that week, the teacher said, oh, I don't know about this boy. It's getting pretty rough. After the third week, I could tell she was ready to quit. So I looked at my roster of children, and I saw he was the only second grader. And I said to the teacher, well, this is a simple solution. You now have the first grade class. I have second through fifth grade. It only affected moving this boy up. So the next week, I said, Josh, you've been telling me you should be in third grade. And I'm going to uh, let you come up to my class. But I do expect you to listen and behave. Well, he didn't. And after about two or three weeks, I was ready to quit. I mean, he was really a handful. Just disruptive, disinterested. He just seemed to delight in uh, in disrupting. Weeks went by, and I thought, this this boy's got some real needs, and I really wanted to be able to be used of the Lord to meet these needs. But I didn't see how I was going to be able to keep going with the class. It seemed like this was uh, just getting worse and worse every week, and it, well, it was. And one week I, I said, God, I really need you to give me some sort of wisdom to say to Josh to, 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 to reach this boy. I prayed earnestly, didn't get an answer, didn't get an answer. One of those cases where you start to get a little upset with God. Why aren't you giving me what I'm asking for? It's not for me. I want to help this boy. I don't want to scold him every week, put him down. I want to. I want you to do something in his life. There's got to be a key to touching his heart. I got to class that week. I just had nothing to say to him. I knew it was what was going to happen. The same thing. I'd be scolding him. I'd be dis- The whole class would be disrupted. I uh, set up my things at the church. I went up to the school. He got on the bus. I could tell it was going to be the same old week. We got down to class. And right in the middle of prayer, he's making noises and carrying on. And I stopped right in the middle of prayer. And I sort of started to scold him. I said, Josh, you told me you would be able, if I brought you up into this class, that you would be able to listen. Right out of Right as I said that, his brother, older brother, sitting on the other side of the class, blurted out, well, he should be in third grade, but he doesn't even know how to read. Just embarrassing him in front of the whole class, but it was like a knife in my heart, because when I was a boy, I had the hardest struggle learning how to read. It just came so difficult for me. And I just started to lash out at his brother. Controlled, but I just... I just really laid the line on him and I said, Josh, how could you embarrass your, or uh, his brother Robert, how could you embarrass your brother like that? Uh, 
it, it is humiliating not being able to read. I know, and I just gave my whole story and was scolding Robert, but as I did, I realized God just answered my prayer in relating to Josh. And it made such a difference in his life. He came back the next week. He wanted to carry my clipboard. He couldn't do enough for me. A couple of weeks later, the, the people at the church there who had him for Awana had the same impossible situation, said, what happened to Josh? He's like a new kid. And it was just simply God answering a prayer in a most unusual way, uh, an earnest plea to be able to reach out and touch this boy's heart without scolding him up and down and kicking him out of class. And for years, he came back and he listened. He came here to camp for uh, two or three years and was was a life-changing thing out of uh, an answer to prayer. That's great, Bob. As we close, is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, being a missionary and serving the Lord has been something that uh, I would never go back on. If I could start my life over again, I would certainly uh, start as a teenager, as I did, 17 years old, dedicating my life to the Lord, uh, desiring to serve Him. Uh, my my family was in business. I would have had the opportunity to become involved in a prosperous family business, but I felt called to ministry, and I wouldn't go back and change the course of my life at all. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.